Yeah. I love my HBCU. And Bond? I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. The team is back together again as we get into the week of the Celebration Bowl. It is officially on and popping. Literally, the game is a sellout. Uh, wow. Welcome. Welcome to episode 219 of Inside HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small from the NAI to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. LLC THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and education consulting and data analytics. And since I provide consultings, no, I am not giving you the 411 in terms of what's going down at Prairie View. I will not do it. Let me set the record straight. But you might get a hint today. Check out the show. You know, we do drop dimes here, there, and everywhere. With that being discussed, let's get into it. I did want to give an update. Got a call from John Grant earlier today. Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl will be debuting. Skycam technology for the first time for the bowl game. It will join New Year's Six Bowl game in the college football playoffs. And the only bowl games using the Skycam technology. This means the removal of the curtains of the upper deck so they can use the wireless that controls, which is a computer-controlled, stabilized cable-suspended camera system. The system maneuvers the three-dimensionals in the opening space over a playing area of a stadium or arena by computer-controlled cable drive system. It is responsible for bringing video game-like camera angles to television sports coverage. You all, they play those Madden games. You're probably used to win it. I uh, had the idea kind of came out there, but it's patented by Skycam system, which is a virtual and flying Steadicam, a broadcast quality robotic camera suspended from a cable drive computerized transport system. The NFL also uses this technology for its viewers to enjoy their games from unprecedented angles. Before I even ask you, what are your thoughts on that? Let me first check back in here and say, Mike, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, Doc. CB, what's going on, fellas? What's going on, bro, Mike? <laughs> My brothers. Uh, let's, yes, yes. let's get into My- it. Get into it. I'm ready. I'm ready to hit the road. I'll be in Atlanta tomorrow. I think uh, 
calls you laying in a little later tomorrow, so I'll have everything ready for you when you get there. No problem. I'll have a no doubt. Away. And Mike, you come in later in the week, so we'll make sure both of us will have plenty of scouting details that we can give you in terms of what's going on in Atlanta. Yeah, we're gonna make up for some lost time and as we do our homework. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, before we get in trouble, let's get back in here to the SkyCam technology. Mike, what are your thoughts about this SkyCam? We joined in the New Year's Six Bowl games in the college football playoffs for the HBCU Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl uh, with the champions of the SWAC, champions of the MEAC. Get down on SkyCam. Man, translation with all you read, we getting fancy now. That's, that, <laughs> that sums it off. We getting fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's all that's all you can say you can drop the mic we got sky sky cams robotic operated the this is the stuff you see on nfl sunday night football the stuff you see on monday night football you got i mean we might get some close-up i think i'm gonna have to sneak down on the sidelines so i can so i can you know sport myself and be seen uh i won't be wearing a jsu gear <laughs> Just for the Mike, record. <laughs> I know it. I know it, Mike. Don't do that to us. Don't do that to us. I know you come out of the chemical engineering side of the house, particularly at Prairie View, but some of those mechanical engineers, namely myself, Alan Williams, Edwin Drayden, Joseph Clay, some of those mechanical engineers, I need to ask them about this breakdown of some of the sky cam. But let me go over to Charles and see his thoughts on sky cam technology. Big time. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the big time. Like you said, I bet uh, when we take a look at SkyCam, we always associated with with the NFL and of course those uh, uh, New Year's Day Power Five games. I mean, it, this is this is what it's about. This is so important for the culture uh, that you get all the elements going. You get this game that's a sellout. You get the SkyCam. You get this huge buildup going in. Uh, just looking forward to getting to Atlanta and really uh, participating and celebrating <laughs> the Celebration Bowl. Jackson State, South Carolina State, uh, both fan bases are lathered up. Uh, it's it's no work getting done in Jackson this week, so you might as well just go on ahead and head on over there now. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Say mail going to stop. Mail going to stop. <laughs> That's for real, because I tried to get something mailed to me, and they was like, uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So Charles not kidding when he talks about this. It's going to stop everything. But with that being said, uh, let me get in here in terms of Charles. Skycam, are you going to be ready in case they zoom in to one of your interviews on the sideline? Are you going to make sure you have your good – make sure you get your good side now? Uh, I got to make sure I'm camera ready. Got to make sure makeup's in place and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, Mike, can you imagine – uh, Charles getting off the Delta plane, you know, they they sending their both teams in uh, in terms of Atlanta on the uh, Delta Airlines as they have officially partnered with the Celebration Bowl. Can you see Charles getting off the plane with his sunglasses off? No, I, I yes, I can see him getting off. Not only he probably might have a, he a gonna be coming, welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gonna be in his and he gonna be playing, in his playing, best ludicrous playing, voice. <laughs> yeah, oh, he gonna go all ludicrous oh, on him. Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna get crazy. We'll be on Thursday. Don't, don't, don't forget it. We will be there. So make sure y'all show up. We're gonna give you all the insight we can. Then we're gonna give you a little radio roll. You can get up with it Friday morning. We're gonna get you some more insight information. 
we'll have some interviews with some of the uh, those directly responsible uh, with the uh, game and even some interviews possibly with the commissioners and things of that nature. Uh, then that afternoon, we'll see if we can get you some insights for some of the players. So we're going to take you all in behind the scenes in terms of inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you check out my JBN, my BCSN, download the app because they're going to have the pregame show bringing you inside. They're already dropping information from the SWAC championship game. So you know they're going to get you some inside information that you can't get unless you're in Atlanta. And even in you're in Atlanta, you're not going to get some of the things they're going to show you. So make sure you check that out. ONG, all the different shows, sports rap on BCSN. We will give you some information that you can't get anywhere else. With Doc, that, will you, Doc, I'm Keep sorry. Charles, what's some other news you want? I'm sorry. Will you yeah. tell Kate, Kate Johnson to leave me alone? I am not wearing any JSU gear. I'm going to come there and purple and gold. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, you got to be careful with Mike. Mike, he get too excited. He might get some of the purple uh, gold draws he got going on there. Uh, Mike, I mean, Charles, what you got? What other news out there? Let's start off uh, Deion Sanders uh, today. He wins the Eddie Robinson Award. He was named a 2021 recipient of the Eddie Robinson Award given to the top coach in the football championship subdivision. Uh, Sanders will be honored at the FCS National Awards Banquet on January 7th in Frisco, Texas. He was one of 17 finalists, uh, which is named for the legendary Grambling State coach Eddie Robinson celebrating and is celebrating his 35th anniversary season. So congratulations, Coach Prime, picking up some, some more hardware. Cody, Coach of the Year. No doubt about it. We got you, Charles. I see you, man. He's showing out. First it was Shadour with his player of the year, FCS player of the year, named Jerry Rice. That's big, big time. And now you have Coach Prime getting it done. That's big time, big time. Mike, yeah, what you got? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just want to start off simple. You started off by saying that the uh, that the game is sold out, but I don't think people got an appreciation for what that means. I mean, what is it, 42, 43,000 tickets sold out. They are going to open up the dome for, what, a 1,000 more tickets if you hadn't mm. seen all of the press, the clippings, and those will probably go like hotcakes. Um, so that just lets you know the magnitude of this game and its impacts on Atlanta. So a thousand more tickets go on sale tomorrow. You don't know if they're 8 a.m. or 12 p.m. or what time. Maybe you guys have more insight. But I think that is huge news. Um, they're not opening, I guess, the upper row, or maybe they'll open some portions. But the fact that they're selling, they've sold out this dome previous says a lot. Says says, you know, monuments of uh, of things about what the SWAC meaning to, is meaning to Atlanta and where the SWAC is going, and it has come to this point. So huge, huge. Sold out a week in advance. I like that. Great points when you talk about selling out. What does that really mean for the game? Big time, I mean, they only have standing room, only seats that they're even going to be seeking to sell. That's big time in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Everything around this game right now is at a fevered pitch. And I think it's going to live up to it in terms of big time exciting plays. If you go to Celebration Bowl on Instagram, they have the top 10 moments. They're up to number six. And boy, it gets you lathered up real excited about this game. Before we go to this break, I did want to talk about Morgan State's Riley Bozier announced his retirement from coaching. Longtime volleyball coach that sets records over 34 years. Ramona has gotten it done, um, getting to 
the NCAA tournament with the Bears, uh, MEAC titles in 98-2000. Uh, she also was MEAC North Division. Uh, at one point, had won 88 consecutive MEAC North Division matches between 1994-2003. So just incredible career in terms of what she's able to get done. So I wanted to give a shout-out to none other than Morgan State's Riley Bozier, Coach Riley Bozier, Ramona. Riley Bowles are getting it done. Sequence will be right back after this quick break. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. Sequence will be right back after this break into quarter two. <laughs> Nearly so foolish. <laughs> Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. It's like a loot machine. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with none other than Coach Black. Coach KJ, as we know him in these parts, Kenneth Black. Welcome to the show. Hey, you thank you. Excited to be here, man. Excited to be here. Like I said, I, I love the purple in this, in this, uh, in this group here. We ain't going to talk about the other colors that we see in here. but I appreciate uh, it, Coach Black. You know, the orange and green is doing well right now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. We ain't going to talk about that other guy over there. You know, yeah, what, Coach, I know, Coach. You know I know. what, Coach Black? Your interview is over. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. The best interview we've had this year. <laughs> so oh, we have man. Coach KJ Black, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Florida AM University. Coach, for those uh, that are not familiar with your background, please go ahead and share a little bit. Make sure you include the 2009 championship that you won as the quarterback of the Gravy AM Panthers. Yeah, so um, originally from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, played high school ball there, got a full ride to Western Kentucky University to play quarterback there when Willie Taggart was off to coordinator, played there for three years, um, then had a decision to make and got a phone call from a man named Henry Frazier that changed my life forever, brought me down to Houston, Texas, where I uh, was a part of that 2009 team that won the first SWAC championship and Black College National Championship for the first time in over 40 years, brought it back to Prairie View. Uh, then got an opportunity to go and try my luck professionally in arena ball. It didn't go as well as I wanted to. So uh, Coach Heisman Northern brought me back to GA for him. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to spend almost 10 years on the Hill 
there at Prairie Van M. Um, Willie Simmons gave me my first job in 2015 as a quarterback coach, which is another story, uh, which how that happened is, is a true blessing and got that opportunity. Then uh, we spent three years together there before he left to come to Florida A&M. I stayed behind and, you know, things worked out to where I could come the year following that uh, in 2019 and been with Coach Simmons here in Florida A&M and doing well here in Tallahassee uh, since we've been together. So, um, you know, here we are and feels like it's going pretty fast. Been in the mm. big coaching for about eight to nine years now and it uh, doesn't even feel like it. feel like I just got started. So I've uh, been blessed and excited and, uh, you know, very fortunate. Well, we wanted to get into this matchup, Celebration Bowl. Uh, we wanted to get into some X's and O's, go into those rooms where you break down the film and really get into this matchup. Bam, you obviously played both Jackson State and South Carolina State. Uh, one game was in Miami. The other one was a home contest. But before we get into the X's and O's and then matchup and, and give our viewers some inside strategies on things that they need to consider, really from a coach's perspective, let me, I'd be remiss if I didn't allow Mike and then Charles to ask you a question before we take that deeper dive. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Doc. So, uh, tremendous, uh, all seriousness aside, thank you for coming on the show, Coach Black. Uh, one of the things, you know, I remember when you came to Prairie View, uh, you transferred from Kentucky. I mean, you have over 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns in just two years, and you came in under – uh, Coach Frazier. Now he started saying, you know, pre-V was on the up. He's like, this is not your mom and daddy's PV. And sure enough, we ended up winning the championship. So he changed that culture. So let's transform years back. Now you're at FAMU under the great Coach Simmons, tremendous coach. What parts of that culture have you taken and infused to this FAMU team? Because quarterback was a question going into the season and look at how successful FAMU has been. So what parts of that culture have you infused into the offense? I would say the first thing is, is just having faith in not only themselves, but the other guys around around the team. Uh, you know, especially if we're just talking specifically about playing quarterback, we maybe get all the, the hoopla and, and, and the pats on the back, but it's not all about us. You know, football is, is a game where you can't win it by yourself. This isn't basketball. This isn't baseball. This takes all 11 guys and one guy is out of his gap. One guy doesn't make the block and one guy doesn't make that catch then nobody's getting any praise. So I think the first thing we had to realize it's not about me, it's about we. And then also, too, the ability to come to work every day, no matter how bad the previous day was, we had to know no matter what, I can't come and bring bad energy to the next day. And we harp on that a lot in the quarterback room. It's trying to get better every day and not letting one bad day turn into two because you can get, get beat twice uh, in back-to-back -back days if you allow it to. So we talk mm -hmm. about our mentality going into every day, we talk about uh, making sure that we have faith not only in our, ourselves, but the other people around us, and it's done us pretty well. Awesome. Thanks. Charles, go ahead. So let, me, let me ask you uh, about um, where we are within this time and space. Uh, a, a lot of uh, hires are around HBC football, uh, some, some big-name uh, personalities coming to HBC football. Uh, but from your perspective, uh, you're one of the, the hotter-name coaches that's, that's out there, you along with some others uh, that are uh, within HBC football. But uh, when you kind of take a look at this time and space, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts with regards to uh, your potential upward uh, mobility uh uh, in terms of uh, getting a, a look-see at some, um, some, some high-profile jobs? Um, it's funny that you ask that. I have some friends who are uh, asking me a lot, you know, is, is the big names that have come to the conference, is that going to affect you or anybody else that has 
so to you know, so to speak, paid their dues and are looking is looking for an opportunity to be a head coach. Um, so I think uh, one thing. Sorry about that. I have a daughter that just walked in. Um, one thing oh, that um, understand it. no problem. <laughs> I totally understood. Hey, she's three, man, so she got a mind of her own. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and and my response to that is no. I, I'm excited about the names that have come to the conference because I think that's only going to help young guys like me get an opportunity, whether it be here in the SWAC or, or at uh, another conference, whether it be FBS or FCS. So I don't look at it as a negative. I look at it as a, as a positive, and also look at it as an opportunity to make a name for myself. Like you just said, we're talking about quarterbacks, so why not be uh, you know, associated with an offense that maybe takes advantage of beating a high-profile name. Somebody, all they have to do is ask, well, who, who is this quarterback? Who coaches this quarterback that just did so-and-so to help them beat Eddie Robinson or help them beat Hugh Jackson? So it, it's, it's an opportunity, and I'm glad that these men have decided to come and, and give uh, HBCU the spotlight that we all know it truly deserves. And, uh, you know, me and Willie talk about it all the time. There's no better time than right now to be associated with HBCUs or be a head coach in HBCU football right now. And I'm excited about where we're going and where we are uh, currently. So, you know, HBCU football is only going to get better from here, and I'm excited about it. Sure thing. Appreciate that, Coach. Well, said, let's get into some of that mindset and inside a coach's mind. So as you prepare and based on what you saw with uh, South Carolina State and Jackson State, right, what type of things, if you're South Carolina State, let's start with them first, going into this matchup from an offensive perspective, what are some things that you believe they need to try to seek to get done in this matchup and why? Well, if you're looking at South Carolina State offensively, um, you know, one thing that they've kind of struggled with is, is consistently being able to throw the ball. Um, if, if you're familiar with South Carolina State, you know they have some, some talented guys on the outside. So if they can uh, figure out a way to be more consistent with delivering the football out to those guys, because if I believe they're around 50 to 51% completion percentage on the year passing, which is not going to get it done versus a team uh, as talented and as uh, sharp, I guess you could say, on the back end as Jackson State is. So they've got to find a way to make passes because, believe me, coming from a quarterback, especially in this league, the game is one on third down. So eventually it's going to be third and long, it's going to be third and medium, and they're going to have to stand back there and make throws um, whether they want to or not. Um, you know, and, and just knowing Jackson State defensively, they're very stout up front, great size at the defensive line. The linebackers are no slouches. I think they were both uh, all-conference selections. So running the ball is not going to be easy. Not saying it can't be done, but it's going to be tough. And there's going to be times where the quarterback's going to have to make throws uh, for South Carolina State to be successful. Before we get into Jackson State, that gives me a follow-up question. Take us inside of a quarterback, at least your mind, when you were playing the position and as you're trying to teach other quarterbacks. What do you look for on a third down? Since you brought that up and it being so critical, um, Charles talks about that. Mike talks about looking at the third down conversion rate, data points of teams that are successful or defenses that are able to make moves. Take us in the mind of a coach and, you know, a quarterback at your level that has been able to play in the SWAC, win a championship, come back with the winning season, even on a leg at that time, you know, when things are not going right. What are you specifically, when you go to the line and it's third down, what things are you asking your quarterback to look at? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because as I'm sitting here thinking about it, within this 40-second play clock that we have, there's a lot that the quarterback has to process. Um, and I was actually <laughs> putting together a, a PowerPoint about that because I have something I have to talk about in a few months regarding quarterback play. But the very first thing you want to talk about is situation. I need to know where the sticks are. I need to know um, the time in the game, the quarter, all that matters 
as far as my approach to the third down, uh, the, the current down. Um, then we always talk about in our room, the first thing you got to see is the front, okay? Because sometimes fronts will dictate blitzes. They may dictate coverages. It's all tied in. So I've got to see the front because I could have to check a protection based on what the front is and make sure that I'm, I'm protected before I can even attempt to drop back and throw the football. Then we talk about coverages on the back end. What's the shell of the defense or the roof like we talk about in our room, okay? What's the roof look like? And so we'll, we'll try to see alignments, uh, depth, uh, body language all that stuff is important in trying to decipher what the defense may try to do to you so that you can probably have an idea pre-snap of where the ball may go and then we always have blitz indicators as i'm going through my cadence you know what what may be coming that i need to be alert for whether i need to tell my running back to pick something up or slide a protection i've got to have a thought process every time i attack the line of scrimmage so those are just basic things that we talk about in our room to make sure that third down we can be as efficient as we possibly can because like i just mentioned third down is is, is the money down if you, the game's about moving the chains so if you can't move the change, you're not going to be very successful. Man, that's beautiful. Man, you you can drop Mike on that one. <laughs> right. It took hey, you, you said go through it now. Let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> you, said, you said go through the quarterback line. Now, I, we, yeah. we can talk about that all day. I love it. So let's go to the other side of the ball, and then I'm going to let Charles jump in here with another question, uh, particularly from a Jackson State perspective. You have Shador Sanders, a freshman, but it's shown you that um, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, obviously, with freshman of the year, just named FCS uh, freshman quarterback uh, in terms of Jerry Rice, player of the year, first time a freshman has gotten it over the first 10 years of that award. Obviously, we all know about Jerry Rice and what he stands in terms of swacking HBCU football. It's been, what, 12-some games, first week, when you now think about and have a chance to go back and look at that and what you've seen, maybe uh, clips here and there, how are you considering how Jackson State may look at the defensive side approach of South Carolina State in this matchup? Well, I'll, first I'll just say this. Congratulations to Shador and uh, Coach Prime, uh, number one, for winning those awards, which are awesome in their own right, but also continuing to talk about and bring attention to HBCU football and showing that we have players too. And we have great coaching as well. So congratulations to them on that. Um, you know, Coach, or excuse me, Shador, uh, in my mind, has grown exponentially this year. The very mm -hmm. first game that we played them in Miami, and, and if you go back and you watch it, there were a bunch of easy throws that were created by their, their offensive coordinator at the time to make sure that he settled in and didn't try to do too much. And they didn't want to put too much on him. But now as you get through game seven, eight, nine, and ten, you can see him dropping back and going through progressions and trying to make sure that he's making more throws down the field and tougher throws specifically nice. um, than he was trying to make in the first game. So you can see his growth. Um, you can see him becoming uh, a good player in this league for a long time. Um, and, and I think South Carolina State, you know, they do present a little bit of a challenge. I think the strength of their defense is on the back end. Um, they have some great players at the linebacker level in their corner. Uh, Mr. Duran is, is an awesome player. We had to deal with him ourselves. So they will be up for the challenge when it comes to pass defense. But if they can get any pressure on Shador and get him off his spot, I think that gives him the best chance to win or at least be in the game in the fourth quarter. So if they just have to find a way to create pressure, make Shador move. We all know he's a pocket guy, so make him move, make him make throws off of his launching pad, and that can only help uh, South Carolina State's chances. Mm, thank you. Charles, go ahead. You know, one of the stats that jumped out uh, for me, uh, Coach Black, uh, is uh, South Carolina State is a young offensive line. They've only given up 17 sacks. Thus far on the, on the season, but six of those sacks came against Florida A&M. Uh, what is it that you guys were able to do to get 
to Corey Fields because uh, he's he's a quarterback that, that can get away from you. You know, he he's, uh, can uh, hurt you with his legs as well. But are you guys able to stack him six times? Isaiah Lamb uh, was able to get to him five times. But what is it that you guys kind of did in that game that that uh, where you were able to get home to Corey Fields? To be honest with you, I think we did a great job of creating one-on-one matchups for Isaiah. Um, and again, we didn't have to necessarily send six guys to do it. If we can get those offensive linemen on an island, we like our chances not only with Isaiah, but the rest of those guys that we had on the defensive front. And if I'm Jackson State, I'm thinking the same thing. Get James Houston isolated. One-on-one, eventually he'll get there and make Corey Fields have to move off of his spot. Now, Corey is a little more athletic, so he may be able to scramble and get your first down here or there. But any quarterback that has to move now has more things to think about than just sitting back there on his on his on his launch pad and being able to go through his progression like it's it's seven on seven. So anytime I can make him uncomfortable, again, that's only going to lead to more inaccuracy. So I, I I foresee Jackson State doing that exactly as far as just trying to make um, the game one on one up front and, and hoping that their guys can be better than uh, South Carolina State's offensive lineman. Sure Mike, did you want one additional yep. follow up question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your analysis of of both sides of of you know of the of the game is really good. But I, I would like to ask you, if you will, about that third dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I know the answer, but please assess capabilities on that on the special teams. We 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 know what JSU is is capable of. Uh, we saw that in the champ swag championship game. But please, you know, where does where does you know where does South Carolina State and what do they need to do? Uh, if it were me and I were in that South Carolina State coaching staff, I would find every way possible to avoid kicking the ball to Jackson State's returners. Bingo. I don't care if we, I don't care if the ball has to go out of bounds on kickoffs, <laughs> on punt. Listen, hey. listen to me now. Listen to me. You can lose football games in the special teams, and 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 again, something I've taken from Coach Simmons. Yes, championship game, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Something I've taken from from Coach Simmons is. You know, uh, routes and and routes and and uh, upsets usually occur in the kicking game. Meaning, yep. you can mm. route can happen really fast with a punt return or a kick return, or it could happen with a block punt. Okay, you got to be sound and not give people a chance. Okay, to make big plays, especially when they show you they're capable of doing it multiple times in a game. So again, the strength of Jackson mm. State is kicking that ball to Isaiah Bolden, or if Warren Newman is back there kicking the ball to them. Try to avoid that at all costs. There may be opportunities, you know, where we just have to. There may be times where you have to. But if I can avoid it, I know it's, it's hey, I can just kick this ball out of bounds and make them drive the field. Do that uh, as, as often as you can. Uh, just just my opinion. I, I wouldn't try them at all. Um, and, and make uh, them drive the field rather than getting a short field for for an uh, uh, offensive uh, score. But that's why we have here, Coach Black, is to put your framework on it, your stamp on it. Yeah. And I know you can't get into recruiting in terms of specific players, but in terms of this year and where you see in the SWAC going, uh, recently being in the MEAC, um, obviously starting in the SWAC, coming back to the SWAC, the defensive presence, um, you know, obviously it was pretty obvious for Jackson State, what they did on the front seven, what FAMU was able to do front seven. Valley, I'm not sure people have given them credit, what they've done on the defensive side. I would even say the back four is um, ways that people may not really realize prairie view in terms of what they were able to do on the defensive side of the ball and get that pressure from a recruiting perspective you do you see changes in that do you see more of that if you were given opportunity of uh, recruiting from the head uh, position how much interest at this time and place is that important in terms of you see in the direction of swag or maybe even hbcu fcs football going right now 
I think, again, um, bringing it back to what we talked about earlier, the, the spotlight on HBCUs right now is so positive. Um, mm. we're, we're getting, not only do we have to go out and recruit um, these young men that are in the portal, in the portal, but some of them are recruiting us. Um, yep. Three mm. and four star young men are calling us at family saying, hey, coach, I'm interested. You know, are you guys, do you guys need a receiver? Um, wow. Hey, coach, you guys need an offensive lineman. So, wow. so I don't recall that happening three or four years ago. Um, sure. You know, yeah. not at this talent level. Now, of course, we get emails and, and DMs and all that stuff, but not from guys who have offers at the G5 level or at the FCS level already. And, hey, they just want to see if we have an opening because they're interested. You know, whether that young man be from the state of Florida or any of the neighboring states, um, it's, it's fascinating to just, you know, be sitting there in your office and you get a call from, you know, a three-star kid who, who has an ability and, and probably will impact your team the next year. I don't have to go chase him. He's coming to me. So um, I think I think right now recruiting is at an all-time, not an all-time, but maybe a high uh, for the first time in a long time. And I hope it continues. Um, and I hope that we can continue to put out a, a great product that will allure, um, you know, outside entities to take a look at, at HBCU football. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, this, this is the time uh, as we move in there that um, any question we didn't ask you, anything that you want to say um, in terms of those out there listening that we didn't get a chance to ask you directly. Any thoughts that you want to share? Um, I think especially when it comes to um, Jackson State, I just I just want to say how, how awesome of a team that Coach Brown put together. Um, that is a talented football team. Um, and, and mm. you know, me being a young guy, I'm, I'm a social media guy, so I see all the hoopla and, and people going back and forth. But what you got to do is respect, is respect the product on the field. And they are a well-coached football team that is very talented um, and, has cha- and has challenged everybody to raise the bar, whether it be recruiting, coaching, um, you know, alumni support, everything is, is, is now on alert because of what Coach Prime at Jackson State has done. So I commend him for that. And I'm, and I'm glad he came and has raised the bar. Because he's only challenged me, he's challenged the rest of these universities to come with it. Um, mm. You know, come with it with supporting your your alma maters. Come with it with supporting uh, your student athletes, because because the game is changing, and and we're no longer an afterthought at the FCS level. Um, you know, we we have the talent. We showed that in the playoff game that it wasn't a talent issue. We just had a few miscues, but talent is no longer the issue when it comes to the swag with me at. So you know, we're only going to be better. And, and I'm glad that he's here, and I'm glad that Coach Jackson at Grambling State. Um, has has decided, Coach Eddie Robinson at Alabama State. They have decided to come and and add to uh, what Coach Prime has started. And and you know we're we're still looking to be the top dog here at FAMU. But I'm excited about where uh, we're headed as a uh, as a HBCU community. I like it. Let me sneak one more in there, Coach. What was your first thought process when you heard the news, wherever it was or whatever, that FAMU was joining the squad? I know you may have heard back noise and you had all that. You want my, you want my honest answer? You want my honest answer? Yeah, I want to know. Hold it up. Say, man, I got to go back home and, and hand him this L, man. I, I don't want to have to go back home and do that. But I, I'm in orange oh. right now. I'm in orange right now. Yeah, so, I got no, Seriously, you. that was my first thought. But man, I get to go back to Houston and, and – and, uh, Hand him this L. Show, show, him that, show him that I can still coach the quarterbacks a little bit. So that's what I was <laughs> I love it. That's what you, that's how you're supposed to be. That's about business, baby. Let's go. With that, man, we really appreciate your time. It ain't personal. It ain't personal. I got you. No, it ain't personal. No, it ain't personal. It ain't business. It's family. I love it. I love it. Um, 
And I appreciate you carving out this time. I know it's busy. You're in the recruiting trail. So the fact that you were able to get out of here, make sure you send our respect and thank you to Coach Willie Simmons. He's a part of the family. And the fact that he's open and allowing these opportunities means a lot to us. So make sure you tell him, tell him we say thanks. Now continue the great work. We want to continue to see you grow. And uh, we look forward to um, the great things that you have in front of you. I got a problem. I, uh, tell you. Coach Simmons. Oh, no. Oh, he's no. been he's been promising me a visor since he was coaching at Prairie View. He he promised me one when he moved to FAMU. I ain't seen a visor. I ain't seen a wristband. I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> KJ Black, tell- man, we, we got the stuff back here, man. When you get a chance, you get in the trash, <laughs> send us some gear, man. We're representing. Thank you. What you need, yeah. Mike? What you need? What you need? I want to. I want a visor. I want a visor. A golf What color visor. you want, Mike? What color? Tan. 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 Ten. I don't want no damn orange one. <laughs> so, now, so now it's not, it's not, I want a visor. Now it's I want a tan visor. I got access to visors now. You're talking about tan. Okay. Yeah. Give me a visor. Whatever you can get me, I'll get take him a white one. Get him a white one. Get him a there white one. I can do that. I can do that. I want, I want a polo shirt. I want big time. I want the polo shirt with the LeBron James, all that. Double X, send it over here. I'll send you your address. We'll get back with you. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna push you to work. That's what I do. I make Charles, it I'm not sending you nothing, Charles. You see what's going on. I'm not sending you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Don't even ask. I want. I wanted something that had seven six on it, Coach. That's oh. <laughs> that that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is Dr. Kavir. Let's go do this break before we get uh, everybody else in trouble on here. Appreciate you sitting for your time. Uh, much Thank respect. You. Continue. Thank you, Coach. Uh, I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. This is Dr. Kavir with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Hope you enjoyed the interview. We'll be right back after this quick break, and we'll get back into some of this X's and O's from the Celebration Bowl. And make sure you tell the daughter we said, hey, we we appreciate it. We understand. Man. No problem at all. We all gotta have take, kids around here. So gotta we take care of baby girl. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. And he picks up a first down. I'm going to go back to, you know, we talked to our friends, uh, Charles Bishop and Neely. They follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. 
three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown, field goal. That's how good this defense is. And whoa, they are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. We appreciate that. We trust. appreciate that, Coach. Much love, baby. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into these uh, mid-major poll rankings. Last week we had our final poll. Obviously, we named Coach Wilson and the Bowie State Bulldogs as the mid-major 2021 champions. This week, um, the major division is frozen. And so you recall at the top of the poll, it's Jackson State sitting at 11-1, 13, all 13 first-place votes with 130 points. And South Carolina State Bulldogs, the champions of the MEAC, are sitting in the fourth spot in terms of the ranking, 6-5, and 5-0. Five, five and oh. Both teams are undefeated in terms of conference play. They have 86 points sitting in that first point. So you do have a top-five matchup in this celebration bowl in Colton in terms of my poll rankings. Again, this week is frozen. So next week we get the final poll rankings and we'll see how it goes down. With that being said, I'm going to start with you, Mike. I want to go back into the matchup. We saw from more of an offensive perspective of what K.J. Black talked about. But I want to focus a little more on the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with South Carolina State, and then we're going to go to Charles um, that can give us any and all kinds of things on the Jackson State defense. But we're going to ask him to go even deeper than he has before for all our viewers out there to really talk about what are some key things that you want to look at from the South Carolina State defense against this offensive side of the ball, Jackson State, as we head into the Celebration Bowl week? Well, first, you know, you want to see how that defensive line against South Carolina State poses against, you know, that, that high pot, that offense that Jackson State brings. Uh, in terms of defense, what South Carolina State's allow, allowing 353 yards per game, even though they're second in the MEAC, uh, in total defense. So how's that going to you, you allow, let's just say, let's just call it an even 300 yards to Jackson state. You're already in the foothold. So, um, they're against the run. I think they're somewhere in the middle of the MEAC. So you wonder how they're going to stack up if Jackson state does decide to run. Um, they're not, they're not as effective against the pass as well. So I wonder how those corners, uh, for South Carolina State are going to match up against that receiving core for Jackson State. Um, Jackson State proved to be a very balanced offense, spreading the ball between run and pass. I think in the SWAC championship, they were fairly even. So how is South Carolina State going to be able to stop a balanced offense? If you look at how they performed throughout and who they played against, against balanced teams, they didn't fare as well because their defense seems to be one-dimensional. They're They're okay against the run, but not as effective against the pass. So you wonder how that secondary is going to last. Should Shadour or the Jackson State offense uh, move to a pass-heavy offense during the course of the game? Those are the things that at least stick out, step out at least initially for me. Let's go even a little deeper before I switch over to Charles to ask um, the other side of the ball. What are your first thoughts when you think about South Carolina State's uh, defensive line, particularly that front four 
front seven, as they like to talk about, some of those linebackers in the mix, and what you see from Jackson State on the offensive side of the ball. Can South Carolina State, in your mind, can they get any leverage? Or is this a thing where you have Jackson State is probably be able to push this team around and be able to get the running game? Do, do you see anything there when you look at the past matchups, whether that's FAMU in South Carolina State, obviously Alabama A&M, uh, when you talk about that match in South Carolina State, or even just what South Carolina State was able to do against Norfolk State and North Carolina Central, the Eagles, anything that gives you an inclination of what's, who will win that battle in terms of the trenches from your perspective? Mike? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking for Charles. Uh, no, I was just following up, going a little bit deeper in it. So, no. Uh, no, I, I I don't know what the weight the weight average is. Uh, if you compare the Jackson State offensive line compared to the South Carolina State defensive line, I do know that in terms of of run offense, um, I believe Jackson State is what somewhere around, you know, they they ended up somewhere around the bottom of the swag. Um, so if there's any well, adva- go go ahead go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, T. However. I think there's an anomaly there. I think Jackson State can run the ball. <clears throat> I think in an in, in opportunity they've chosen to pass the ball. But if there's any, I guess, kink in the armor, so to speak, can that Jackson State, which is number one in the MEAC, against the run, can they do a force against Jackson State? Can they force them to be a one-dimensional offense? I, I think that's, that's pie in the sky. I think there's a remote chance that that will happen in the trenches. <laughs> I just I, that that's just not going to happen. So I th- I think, however, the balance of the offense, a defense. Remember, you, who? Let me ask you a question. Who's number? Who's number two in the SWAC in scoring? Jackson State. How many points are they scoring a game? Twenty nine. How many points is uh, me? At the, how how many points is South Carolina State allowing <laughs> opponents to score? I can tell you, it's it's twenty plus points. So the numbers dictate that. It'll be very tough and an uphill battle for South Carolina State to really stop that Jackson State offense. The other thing is efficiency in special teams. Guess who is not that efficient in special teams coverage? Even though they're good on the defense, they're good, they seem to be good on the run. I'll give you three guesses. No, I'll give you two. No, I'll give you one guess. It's South Carolina State. What's the strength of Jackson State? It's the punt, it's that kicking game, the kick return, the punt return. So I, I think all of the numbers kind of dictate advantages in favor of Jackson State. Charles, let me ask you the same thing, specifically looking at the line play first. Then we'll build on the outside going in and see what other things that you want to really tackle literally in terms of this matchup. But I asked Mike in terms of the defensive side. I'm going to ask you in terms of South Carolina State's offensive front line coming up to what most people think in HBC football is the best defensive line, some would argue top five in FCS football. Can South Carolina State protect their quarterback? Well, I, I think that's, that's the million-dollar question, Don. Uh, can they protect Corey Fields? I think uh, they – they have to get off uh, their all MEAC or running back Kendrick Flowers. Uh, and we've seen him have some um, some very big games. Uh, uh, the, the loss against North Carolina A&T, Royal Rush for over 160 yards in that game. Uh, he is a, a tough, 
formidable running back who's rushed for over 800 yards for South Carolina State. So I think one of the keys, number one, is can they actually run the football? I think that's one of, been one of the, the hallmarks of Jackson State's defense all season that not a lot of people have really picked up on is, number one, they stop the run, and they put you in uh, passing situations. They put you in third and distance situations. They are the best uh, in the SWAC in terms of getting opponents off the field. Uh, opponents only convert 27% of their third down. So I think that's huge. Uh, can they get themselves into some uh, third and short uh, where they can uh, take advantage of Kendra Flowers and try to lean on that Jackson State defensive line? We've watched all season, can teams actually be able to do it? And there's just no data uh, showing that teams have actually been able to lean on Jackson State for a prolonged period of time to where they can wear down the defense. Again, this is a defense that has only yielded 21 points, uh, the most that a team has ever scored uh, on them this season has been 21 points. That was by Texas Southern. That was done in the first half. And we have to go all the way back now to the Mississippi Valley State game to where a team has actually scored even in the fourth quarter against the Jackson State defense. So <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a nice nugget. Line. Nice nugget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice nugget. Nice nugget. You talk about the fourth quarter score. So you certainly have to find a way to be up and hopefully that you can hold on. And we saw that that couldn't happen on the road uh, against Southern when then Southern had a lead and just couldn't do enough to hold on it. As um, Jackson State scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter uh, to get that win, a big rivalry win. Sticking with you, Charles, when you talk about it, is there anything that you've seen as you watch a lot of football? I know this year you focus a little more on Jackson State. But in terms of the games that you've seen from South Carolina State, is there anything that you say, all right, this is something that really needs to be watched if you're Jackson State in terms of what they do, whether it's offense or defense? There's some items that kind of stand out to you in terms of what you see South Carolina State doing well or something that um, makes you pause in terms of what they're getting done. Shaq Davis, he stands out for me for, for South Carolina State. He's a big uh, physical wide receiver. You know, uh, the matchup, uh, whomever uh, uh, has the assignment of Shaq Davis, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, the question that uh, that uh, gets posed is, will Corey Fields have enough time to find him? Uh, will he mm. get an opportunity to get the ball out of his hands? Uh, but I think that's a big play receiver that I think uh, that uh, – you know, if you look at some some matchups, I really like him going against whomever within Jackson State secondary. But that's all contingent on can they run the football. I think you have to stick with what you do really well. And like, like I said, uh, Kendra Flowers is closing in on a thousand yards. He's rushed for over eight hundred yards uh, thus far on this season. So I, that is going to be job one: getting the running game up and going. Great points made by both of you. Uh, any closing thoughts that you have before we close out on the show, Mike? Before and then I'll. Get Charles with some closing points. Yeah, I, I think it's it, if you look at it, it's going to go down to, you know, really uh, passing efficiency. And you look at Shador's passing efficiency, and I think he's at 68%. And then you look at Corey Fields, who's just north of 50%. Um, it's going to look at, you know, one of the keys, the major data points in this game are how well the quarterbacks do, how well they manage the game, how efficient are they. You know, how good are is each team on third on on third down and third down conversions? So I, I think that's one of the key data points that we really have to pay attention to is the quarterback play for both for both teams. Charles, any final thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, this is going to be, uh, I think, a still a tough matchup. I've told all my Jackson State fans, uh, this South Carolina State team, their pedigree, uh, you're talking about uh, – uh, multiple, multiple MEAC championships. Uh, they're they're going to be ready for a fight. Uh, everybody has kind of talked about uh, this Jackson State team being a, a, a dominant, but I, I'm expecting a, a really good football game. And I know it's going to probably go into the uh, late stages of the third and fourth quarter before somebody uh, is able to distance themselves from the other team. So I'm looking forward to a great, uh, great game. You talk about South Carolina State. Uh, defensively, they have multiple uh, all MEAC selections. That linebacking core is comparable. Uh, to Jackson State's linebacking core when you talk about uh, Gilchrist and B.J. Jones. And like I said, uh, South Carolina State, they are able to run the ball. And you know how I am about the MIAC and their offensive lines, uh, yep. especially looking at A&T and Celebration Bowl over the past few years. They, they're able to take over games. So uh, that that's where it all starts, yeah. Jackson State's defensive line versus South Carolina State's offensive line. Yeah, I like those comments. Great points made by both of you all. Stick with us. We'll be back here on Thursday. We're actually doing this from Atlanta. We'll get in there Wednesday, so we'll get a chance to show you and tell you about some of the back of the scenes that are going on from the opening uh, dinner that comes out on Wednesday, and then we'll tell you about some nuances, things that are going into Thursday, and how things are going as people get in Atlanta. Give you some insight of the festivities, so check us out on Thursday. We'll be back at it. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. So we'll be right back at it on Thursday at 6. We'll give you a special edition on Radio Row in terms of Friday. Look for us at 10 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern time as we give you a little more inside the uh, framework of what's going on so stick with us we'll give you all all the type of things that you can eat and consider of what's going on in atlanta uh, for you all that are riding in friday morning make sure you tune us in check us out for those that are there get up get you some breakfast and turn on uh us as we give you some inside the hbc sports lab follow me dr kenyatta Cavill on twitter facebook and instagram that's d-r-k-e-n-y-a-t-t-a-c-a-v-i-l that's twitter facebook and instagram Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Smith.